Boom. Hello and welcome to the Brony Music History Podcast. My name is Rock Fox and this is episode three. On today's episode, we have another guest celebrating over a decade of producing fandom music this year. If I had to describe his style in three words, it'd be fast, sappy, and incredibly complicated. His music has graced stages <laughs> from Pacific PonyCon to BronyCon, playing at Bronypalooza, at Ponystock in 2012 and EQLA, and he provided the soundtrack for the infamous Smile HD. On today's episode of Brony Music History, please welcome Fuzogs. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're here too. And congrats on 10 years. Um, another, another one in the fandom marking over a decade of horse music. Um, how, how does that feel? Oh, like my, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm gaining some liver spots, maybe a couple new lines. <laughs> uh, maybe my, I think my beard's turning white. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Might start, I'm, you really... I'm, I think I might learn some fire magic. <laughs> get, get the whole Uncle Eero for all the young whippersnappers in the fandom trying to make the fast music. Um, provide some sage advice yeah <laughs> all right so let's let's wind the clock back um to before pony um how, how did you were you into music before you started uh making pony music um yeah yeah i i mean not really i was more into making games but of course games need music so i had experience making music back then it was mostly like MIDI and chiptune stuff, but it was music. Yeah, right. And so, Basically, yes. so, so not as much for like actively listening to, but more in the background of your games. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. And, and obviously we'll, we'll come to the fact that almost like a lot of your music is sort of high BPM, like happy hardcore. Um, that sort of style. Was that the sort of music you were listening to when you weren't making your own? Um, or did that influence come later? Kind of. I mean, it was usually like DDR stuff that influenced me. And like, there's a little bit of that stuff that was actually that BPM, but it was mostly just other video games, you know? Like some video games, it would be like super high peppy, you know? You're thinking like, there was a game I remember called Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Their soundtrack uh, by I believe is Anne Managuchi. That kind of peppy feeling was like when I heard. Oh, we've just dropped out. And uh, I think you've just dropped out. Oh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. <laughs> Where was I? Um, you were at Scott Pilgrim and, uh, Agamucci? Anamanaguchi, yes. Their sound. That's what I wanted to put into my video games, which is why they're kind of the high BPM stuff emerged. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, so bring it forward to Pony then. 
Um, when did you start watching Pony? And when did you decide you wanted to start ma making music for Pony? Um, when I joined the fandom, which basically was summer, I think, yeah, summer, no, spring 2011. I saw the show. It was amazing. And... I just wanted to do something and then, you know, Remix War popped up and I'm like, I know music, let's do it. Yeah, right. Can you, so this is the first time Remix War has been brought up on the show. Can you walk us through what the Remix War concept was um, and what it was like in those early days? Okay. Um, well, a fine fellow by the name of Not A Clever Pony hosted the very first Remix War. It was basically a Google document and all of us had to basically remix another Brony's work. And we were given a deadline and that was it. And, you know, we just wrote away and we submitted and it was uploaded to YouTube and linked back to that Google document and it was awesome and a lot of people loved it and and so that that was where the whole convention of say like instead of saying you know this is the the Fuzog's remix this is like Fuzog's befriends ex artist right yeah it was some yeah like instead of like you know war like uh you know instead of like traditionally bashing someone we wanted to like um pony it up uh, make it like a little fruitier just for you know f uh giggles and shiggles so hence be friends instead of you know com uh discombobulates or like uh, disassembles or you know stuff like that yeah yeah right that's kind of sort of pushing that uh sort of mm, what's the word like the really pushing the contrast between the sort of masculine subculture and then also like pony um what did what did you find when you started watching this well actually how did you find out about pony did you find out about it through the music community or did you actually watch the show i well back when i was in community college um one of my friends had his laptop you know and on his laptop was a bunch of small horses the main six on a cliff and i'm pretty sure you know if you search that on google you'll find the exact wallpaper i'm talking about it was so cool I, looking and i was like what's that it looks cool you know he said oh that's my little pony and you know and um after that i just watched the entire thing and I don't know if it's a day or a week, I forget. But yeah, I just binged the whole thing and boom, I'm a brony. Yeah, right, okay. And did did Fuzogs as an artist exist before then? Uh, were you making games and sort of stuff as Fuzogs or did that come apart as, as Pony? I was, I had a Game Jolt profile under the name Fuzogs and you can play my high school <laughs> stuff. Wow. High school games on there. I think I made a cup, one or two in college. That those games, 
buggy but fun. <laughs> yeah, right. I made one about a, yeah a Christmas rabbit, and uh, one about my comic series that I doodled in high school, in which there was this kid and he gets a golden shovel, and he fights the like giant letter E's, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was fun too. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So, so Fuzog's predates pony. There we go. Um, and it, it's a nonsense word, right? It doesn't actually mean anything. Well, yes. It was basically a part of a made-up language that me and my sister, um, um, young younger sister. I had two sisters. She was younger, but not the youngest. We both came up with a language, and Fuzog basically meant poop. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> oh dear. So essentially, my name is Poop, <laughs> but with a Z at the end, so it's Poops. Yeah, because Z, Zs are cool. Zs and Qs. Um, that's how you make it an artist name. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Z was in back then, so yeah, I just stuck with it. Yeah. And so, according to YouTube, the first tr Brony track you made was a remix of Eurobeat Brody's Winter Wrap Up. Is that is that the first track you uploaded, or is that the first track you made, or or is it both? Um, it's the first track that I uploaded to um, the uh, Pepperoni slash Fuzog's alias. Right. I did have a channel before that called Obliteration Station, in which I remixed uh, Renard, and I made a TF2 SFM stop animation thing and i had a bunch of chip tunes on there which i made unlisted because i am ashamed of the quality <laughs> of that stuff <laughs> oh dear um okay well let's let's play some music um do you remember if uh you've got the music or smile came first in uh in your discography smile came first all right well let's play smile I then i mean that um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's put that on, uh, cause, my god, what a song. Um, did you have any... Okay, my, my question about S Smile is, um, so, a lot of people would know, uh, it's one of the first things that I found out about Brony, about the, the Smile, hate the Smile H HD, uh, animation that, uh, was released, I think, a year or two after your track. Did Smile... Did your remix of Smile blow up before or after uh, that animation? That animation is what kept me relevant for the next seven years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Because I've, I've always wondered about that. Because there's so many people in, in the comments of the actual animation saying, wow, this animation is great, but oh, I didn't know how much this music slapped. And so it seems like a lot of people are discovering you um, through that. Um, did you, were you asked beforehand um, how you felt about uh, having that, uh, like having your music set to that? Um, or did they just do it? They just straight up did it. They did not ask for my permission. <laughs> I discovered later, oh goodness, this horrible bloody animation is <laughs> getting super popular and now i'm getting popular from it so i have mixed feelings about it like one i am very grateful <laughs> for all the new 
people that found me through this terrible animation, and yet I am horrified that all the kids associate me with the, that animation, even though I had no part in that animation. Goodness. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and and at that point, uh, your music was still like very, very like bubblegum pop, like rainbow smiles, like very um in. In fitting with the theme of the show, I, I think it wasn't like you were making lots of tracks that were not safe for work or, or that sort of thing, which would would come later. Um, uh, but yeah, which it's it's why I always find that such an interesting interesting part of uh, the the discography. All right, let's play um, "Smile." Uh, this is the remix VIP from 2012 off the album Tree Vision.
My, 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 my. Whoa. That bring back some Bigger. memories. Hopefully good memories. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, my, 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 my personal memory of this track is, uh, that that was supposed to be the final song that I was ever going to play at a pony convention. But then the organizer got up on stage and was like, no, I'm not, I'm this high is not finishing now. We're, we're making the con last an extra 15 minutes. Um, and, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck. What a, oh God. It's, I, I just think that's just everything that's positive about the show and the music community all in one little song. Um, yeah. And glad. yeah, speaking about the music community, um, in those early days, especially, um, what was it like being a part of the sort of the birth of that, uh, like just the scene in general and looking back now, did, do you feel like, did you feel like at the time you were going to be a part of something that, that was, would become as big as it was, or did it just more feel like you were just mucking about with friends and things just grew from there? I think it was more just about like the the group of musicians that like formed. We were like, you know, we were uh, <laughs> like we were all on Skype and it was great. And, you know, everyone made a bunch of friends in there. Um, and we played Left 4 Dead and TF2 and Minecraft. And it was amazing. And we also made music, and we talked about music. It was it was great. And the music was just like a, uh, a byproduct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So nobody really came in with any intentions of of, of making um, big, like make, making things big. Um, do you feel like that that environment like really helped you to grow as a musician? Absolutely. And, you know, there are a lot of people more talented than me. And even so today, you know, that I've learned from and I'm like, wow, I didn't know you can do this. You know, I didn't know, like, you know, you can make your kick sound bigger if you side chain it like everything else. But yeah, like just little tidbits like that help me um, refine my sound and make it more, you know, um, listenable. Yeah, yeah, of course. And speaking of listenable, um, your first live performance was at Everfree Northwest at Pony Stock in 2012, am I right? I believe so, yes. Was that your first pony convention that you'd been to? No. The first one that I've been to but didn't perform at was BronyCon Winter 2011. Yeah, right, so, so the very OG BronyCon. Um, uh, did you, like, when you, when you were at that, that BronyCon, um, were, were there, was there music performances at that one? Or was it just people hanging out? There were a few performances, but it was, I, I don't, I, I don't remember if it was, like, electric, but, like, there was some guitar, and, um, uh, it was, like, it was, like, more like a community thing, like, yeah, it was right. just very local, just a little stage, and a um, uh, couple people up there singing, playing, dancing. It was great. Yeah, sick. And so at 
pony stock in 2012. Had you did you have any experience with um, performing music live before that, or did you learn for the con? That was the very first um, DJing thing that I've ever did, and yes, I'll admit it. I pressed play. <laughs> I didn't actually <laughs> DJ. I had um, no idea how to DJ. Yeah. Uh, you're not the first person to admit that, um, and you definitely won't be the last. Uh, yeah, Mumble said, the, <laughs> Mumble said the exact same thing last week about his first uh, con performance. Um, did you feel inspired after that to get more into live performance? I was. I was curious about, like, you know, how... Uh, you know, how does Garnica, you know, fiddle with all these cool effects at the right time? How do you sync these tracks together to make it look so fluid, you know? It was like an art in and of itself, you know, aside from composing music. Yeah, of course. And so you've been to a lot, you've played a fair few conventions since then. Um, how, how have you changed as, how do you feel you've changed as a performer? And also, how do you feel that cons themselves have changed for artists? Um, well, I believe cons changed in that their budget gradually got smaller, understandably. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard for conventions because most of them operate at a loss and it's all passion, you know, for the show. And I'm thankful, you know, in some cases that, you know, we even get a chance to come out. Um, um, but I mean, that's kind of the reason I don't usually come out anymore, but me, myself as a performer, well, I actually figured out how to DJ, even though I'm not good at DJing, but I can do it (laughs) somewhat. Um, but like, you know, it's another skill that I've grown to appreciate and admire those who can do it flawlessly, you know, nail yeah. every single transition, every, you know, no random volume boost. They always have the bass going exactly when they want it to. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's tricky, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, making music is, is, is a skill um, in itself. And then having to, like, layer the skill of performance onto that is... It's it's a it's a, it's a whole separate thing in, entirely. Even, uh, I mean, I'm I'm I come from a live performance background, and I look at what producers do, and I just go, wow, like, I don't know how y'all do it, but yeah, that, it, it's it's surprising how how I think separate those two skills are. Um, do you, do you feel like the crowd uh, reactions changed over the years? Actually, what what was the crowd reaction like at that first convention where you just hit play? Do you think people enjoyed it? People came up to me afterwards and said they loved it. It was, you know, it made their night and it flattered me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't think they would actually enjoy this that much. <laughs> <laughs> Low key, I didn't think my set was that, you know, fire compared to, you know, some of the other people. Yeah, it's, oh, fuck, it's the best feeling ever. Um, yeah, just w- walking off that stage. And, and does, did, sort of those performances did did that change how you were producing music because you're like oh man like i i've got this platform where i can play music conventions now maybe i've got to make some more tracks that are going to like go off on the dance floor or was that or was sort of performing just sort of more incidental to the fact that you were producing music 
Now this this um, this thought came to mind towards the end of like when I was performing stuff. I think 2016, 17, I, you know, actually made songs that were meant to be played live. And, you know, the types that have like a trailing uh, beat at the end and have a clear distinction between, you know, when the chorus is going to come in and all that. Uh, before that, it was just just a painting. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. splattered whatever sounded good onto the canvas. <laughs> Cause uh, yeah, that smile remix doesn't have a uh, a nice nice long intro and outro to to help you mix it. Um, uh, yeah, but I, <laughs> I I know some of I am very thankful that some of your more recent songs uh, definitely do, which is just like oh makes makes my life a lot easier. Um, <laughs> um, all right, um, let's play another song. Um, so let's play your you've got the music remix. Um, Actually, let's talk about this Red and Black OC. So this next song is from the album called I Have a Red and Black OC. Um, is that is that a joke on uh, the people who had sort of like really edgy characters um, that, that was sort of swirling around at the time as everyone tried to sort of, I guess, prove, prove to each other like how cool they were? <laughs> well, uh, it was sort of like, yeah, it was a half joke and half, you know, covering my own butt from people that are going to point at my own OC, which is, you know, uh, pepperoni, which is supposed to be a pepperoni slice. <laughs> so it has to be red. <laughs> it has to be red. Your, your pony is a pepperoni slice. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. And uh, the yellow, the yellow st stockings is supposed to be the Italian spices inside of the pepperoni. <laughs> Oh my god. And the hair is supposed to be the black pepper. <laughs> I had no idea. That is hilarious. Um oh. I want to I want to ask where you got the idea from that, but I fe I fear it might be under the influence of mind-altering substances. <laughs> I mean, community college is a hell of a drug, you know. <laughs> oh, bless. All right, let's play uh you've got the music. This is the Fuzog's Delight Mix released in 2012. I think maybe a bit later um, uh, from the album I have a red and black OC <laughs>
a beautiful song. It's a great finisher to any set. Oh, definitely, yeah. And just, I mean, the the original show song is is just so so special. Um, you've you've remixed a a very broad swath of the show's music. Um, why? What about the the original um the, the original show songs appealed so much to you um that that you that you've remixed so many of them some of them like you know it just resonated with me like the uh make a wish song it was quick but it was so fun that I, I just wanted to you know add a little bit of a little bit of pep to that and there was just some in which I was like, oh man, this could have been so much better if it was like this. And you know, that's how <laughs> I take it from like, eh, to like, pow, you know? And then people are like, dang, I did not like this song, but I like this remix. <laughs> usually stuff like that. Oh, you just give it some more pow. I love that. Um, yeah. And also one of the things that, just having a listening, a uh, listen to that remix now, um, that would sort of become a, a much larger feature of your music, I think, later, is you're starting to hear um, some very simple vocal chops um, in there. Now, your music, like, I, I, I think vocal chops is one of the, the key sort of bedrocks on which Fuzog's music ha has been built on. Um, did you, like, vocal chops feels like a very pony fandom uh, thing did you did you learn about like the the techniques and like the the style through hearing other pony music and hearing other musicians do it um the first song in which i put pony vocals in i believe was it was this song made man of fluttershy um Maybe, mm, oh no, 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 actually. It was a vast Fluttershy's ascot. <laughs> That's right. That was Wooden Toaster's, uh, I think it was a YouTube poop type of thing that he did. Yep. And yeah, and like, I believe that was like inspiration for me to go from, okay, not only can I splice drum loops, but I can splice vocals as well, you know, and then it just built from there. Yeah, yeah. And it got sort of progressively more complicated um, until sort of eventually you're almost making enti entire melodies out of vocal chops. Um, do, you, do you actually, I mean, I, I, I just assumed that, that that sort of is one of the cornerstones of your music. Do you feel like that's one of your... I guess like stylistic signatures is like heavy use of vocal chops and vocal processing. Well, yeah, uh, it's one of them. People really like when I make sentences out of, um, of you know, vocals. However, and then 15 AI came out and I was like, wow, that's amazing. I love technology. Yeah, can you can you talk us through what fifteen AI uh, is? Because um, I don't think that's been brought up on the show yet. And also, have you actually used that in any of the production of your music? Okay, so fifteen uh, AI is a website in which you know a large they take a large collection of pony of vowels, um, consonants, words, phrases, and they are able to 
they were able to make a program that allowed you to just type in what you wanted the um, the voice to say, and it would say it. And oh man, the results are sometimes pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's the the shit posts you can do with it, um, especially uh, just. So many. Why has why so has, much potential? Why has God given us this power? Um, because surely we will undo all of creation with it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the airplanes? Fifteen AIs they've done with this. Yes. Mortatoire. Uh, oh, that's a good that, stuff. That is a classic fandom meme. That really, yeah. Oh man. Um. But I did not use it in my music yet because. I believe the clause was, you know, it's non-commercial. Oh, okay. And at this point in time, I just wanted to be able to spread my wings, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, let's, let's bring things forward a bit. Um, do you feel like your style um, has changed over time um, with what sort of music you've made and, and how you've made it? It has. I think it's gradually gone from, like, super... Uh, poppy and chippy like back down to like back down to earth more solid bassy um slower <laughs> uh basically focusing more on like micro melodies rather than like just making the whole thing soar through the through the uh train station yeah it's it, i i i feel like it's definitely gotten more complicated um, like there's, there is so much more going on in, um, all, all of your, a, a lot of your, your newer songs. Um, just, and I, and I, I think that that's a, a, a testament to, you know, growth as a musician. Um, and also I feel like you're, you're producing more diverse music, uh, like just having a, a scroll through your library, just, uh, you know, you've got your, your, your break. I don't know how. I mean, how even would you describe Amazing Princess Wings? Like s some sort of speed. Bump? <laughs> <laughs> that one is uh, Gabber. Yeah, Gabber. Um, that's like yeah, proper proper fucking Gabber. Um, and yeah, like just sort of going through like more diverse styles. Um, so you have released music on. Um, were you on the first Balloon Party? Am I remembering that right? I was. Yeah, so you've released music on Balloon Party, on um, Pink Amina Party, on uh, Ponies at Dawn. D did sort of getting pushed into those uh, sort of more curated style of albums, do you feel like that helped you um, with diversifying the sort of music that you made? I would say yes, you know, because I like trying out new stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm not sure if my audience likes it. I'm not sure if, you know, some of them prefer me to just make straight up happy hardcore or just break beat or just dr a drum and drills, you know. But uh, I just like doing a whole grab bag of goodie stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, how, do you feel like the community... Are you, are, you, are you a big part or do you feel like you were a, a big, like, sort of... Uh, rewind. Um, do you feel like that the, the, you are you are a, a part of the communities that sort of formed around those albums, um, and and have those communities sort of 
influenced the way that you've grown as a musician? Um, uh, I mean, as for this particular moment in time, I can't say, like, really, because I feel so old in the Ponies at Dawn <laughs> Discord. Everyone's, like, I think 10 or 20 years younger than me, and they're making music. And I'm over here going, ah. I'm an, I'm an adult. Um, but, I, have, I have a child. I'm an adult. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's fair enough. And I, 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 I do think it speaks to sort of how sort of too, like, twin-peaked the music community has been. Like, we had a really big wave in those early years. And then things, I, I, I personally feel like things sort of died down in the middle of the decade, but things have come back in a big way um, sort of more recently. Um, were you still feeling um, inspired by Pony? Uh, I guess you've, you've, kept, you've kept producing tracks all throughout the show's run and well and truly afterwards. What about the Pony community or the show has kept you coming back and making more music? I'd have to say it's the community itself, to be honest. The show, I mean, it was good. And then, like, my interest gradually dwindled as every season went on. It was the community itself that kept me going. All, all my wonderful, you know, supporters constantly throwing money at my PayPal. <laughs> the money itself, it's like they're, like, whispering in my ear. Make another one. <laughs> Make another one right now. We need another smile remix. <laughs> we need a G5 remix right now. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, and also I know at some points when you've made non-pony music, um e even the non-pony music you've made has been like put on Equestria daily. I can't remember exactly what what track it was, but I, I do remember you got an Equestria Daily feature for a track that wasn't even pony related. You commented, you were a bit like, what? Um, that was a couple of years ago though now. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely back you. Oh. Um, I think I know which one. Which, it yeah, was which... the It's Lit thing. Oh, I was course. trying to make a song out of actual fire samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, a, that was a, f a very funny song. All right, well, I... Uh, I want to play Amazing Princess Wings, um, just because I love it. I think it's a great song. Um, Go for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, do you, like, this was made, was this a Halloween album? Or was it just a, I'm gonna fuck shit up and make, like, crazy shit album? More the latter. It was like, I've been making too much happy stuff. Let's, you know, let's revert <laughs> for a second. Yeah, type of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, here we go. Amazing princess wings from today is doomsday. Um, let's go. Um, not safe for work warning on this one. Uh, just a heads up if anyone is listening. Uh, not that this is a particularly safe for work show, but whatever. Um, yeah, they're swearing. All right. I'll play the track. The track is refusing to play. All right, come on, sweetie. There we go. Oh, <laughs> 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 
Where did, I mean, where did, where did a fuck sample even come from? Is that, is that another vocal chop that's just been cut up and, and the syllables changed? Actually, it's not a swear. It's just, uh, I think it's a little girl yelling. Yeah, well, I mean, I've always shouted it as a swear on stage, so. <laughs> it is, it, it is in my mind. Oh, we'll leave that, we'll leave that to people's think... imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think it's straight out of the commercial, actually. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, well, they, they probably wouldn't be swearing in those Hasbro commercials. Um. <laughs> okay, um, so one of the things that, that I've noticed having a look through your music, um, you've been doing a lot more... You weren't really a big one for collaborations in a lot of your early work, but sort of in the past three or four years, it's definitely been like really consistent that you've you've got a, a, a big proportion of tracks with collaborations. Um, is there any reason behind that? Was that like an active decision or just finding more people to actively collaborate with? I'd say it's like a mixture of reasons, partially inexperienced. Like I was confused, how do we like merge stuff together type of thing? But I did actually do an early collab with Jackal App it was uploaded to, I think, SoundCloud only. It was called Creepy Town. It was like a cupcakes uh, sort of breakbeat, I mean, a breakcore thing. Yeah, right. Uh, and the... Sorry, continue. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just getting people together. Collabs, you know, they have... The stars have to align for all the collaborators to have enough time and motivation to like complete the collab. And I've seen, you know, and you know, personally witnessed myself collabs just fall through due to, you know, lack of interest or, you know, something came up, stuff like that. It's, it's you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't easy, you know, getting a collab out. It just had to fit, you know, the jigsaw just had to fit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, do you feel like that the sort of, in, in, in the more modern pony fandom, uh, a lot of the fandom is based around the, like, trying to get music onto the two or three big compilation releases of the year. Do you feel like that that deadline and, and focus could be a reason as well? Because you have lots of people working towards the same goal, and so collaboration really gives people that motivation to, to like get to that goal? Yeah, in a way, collaboration sort of lightens the load of having to think up stuff like halfway through, you know? And um, there's a lot of, a lot of eager young artists that want to make their mark, you know? I've already, you know, had my 15 minutes of fame and fortune, you know, I just wanted to <laughs> share the wealth a little bit if I could. Yeah, so, so you feel like, um, before you dropped out, you were saying, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of fresh, fresh people trying to, trying to prove their worth and you, you feel like you've had, um, you've, you've had, had some time in the sun on your five minutes of fame. Uh, looking back, um, how do you feel about um, how far you've come? And do you have any proudest accomplishments in the fandom? Proudest? Mm. 
personally, I think my, you know, like I've made sort of like micro series, like 400 uh, stuff like this. And um, the Make It Special series, I'm personally, you know, I'm proud that the collection is complete, you know, stuff like that. Just little tidbits. There are songs that I like more than others, but, you know, I am pretty happy with a few of my more recent ones, like the Violet Pony remix I did of their work was uh, awesome. Still hits hard, all that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm personally a huge fan of Heavenbound. Um, just that is, that is a track that's pure atmosphere. Um, yeah, yeah. So definitely, things definitely aren't over. Um, well, so you mentioned uh, the Make It Special series. Um, can you can you give us a run through um, of of how that series has evolved and grown over time? Um, and then I think we'll play the Make It Special finale mix from Eternal. Yeah. So that one started as um, a remix war entry. We were given the task in run of the remix wars to emulate someone else's style and i chose pinkie pie swear because i really like that pogo kind of uh trancy stuff i wanted to give it a shot you know have the vocals sort of enhance the beat and flow all you know the music so the first one sparkle that was the first make it special entry even though it's not called make it special and then you did you sort of build on build on that baseline over the years because you're up to what four of those now yes so sparkle season rebirth had a little riff it goes doo -doo 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 -doo, and i like took that and i plopped it into a new song you know when the show was starting up again you know yeah i think it was season two or three and i wanted to make a more energetic awesome you know sounding song for that and hence make a special i think this one was called uh, like rebirth i think again rebirth of the show yeah boom there it is yeah yeah after that one yeah and, that, and then after that one i think it was a few months later a guy named Saberspark approached me. He asked me a request if I could make him a song for his, I think it was a, sh uh, a documentary about the Brony fandom. And this was 2013. And I said, sure. And then Make a Special Reflection Mix was born and that's probably the most popular one that one had a lot of vocal samples from like songs all over the seasons that have aired so far in the my little pony series and essentially it became a nostalgia bomb that people would you know time and time again would refer back to and sometimes you know in place of smile they would pick that one as well just to just to remember fondly back on the times they were a brony and they looked up all this fan stuff the this song was one of those things
Yeah, yeah. And and the 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 finale mix came out on Ponies at Dawn Eternal in 2019. Um, it did that. So how how did it feel closing that series um, and saying putting your rubber stamp on it and saying this is the end? Yeah. So. 2019, all the way, you know, nine seasons, all done. I kept hearing in the back of my mind things, things that just, you know, the series just—it was like asking me subconsciously, do this, put this in the chorus, make it sound like this, and you know, like credits, more like a credits rolling type of uh, mix. And hence, I was like, fine. And then I uh, put all the ideas onto the canvas and. This finale mix was born and it was lovely. It was like, you know, I like drum and bass. I felt it was good. It was a good, um, a good way to revamp the previous three mixes and sort of give it that, you know, send off that it properly deserved. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's play Make It Special, the finale mix um, uh, off Ponies at Dawn Eternal, released in 2019.
What a track to send off more than a decade of involvement in the fandom. Um, yeah, wow. Um, that's that's some powerful shit. Um, so you've been you've been here for yeah. uh, you've been here for a while. Um, what's what is the future hold? The, what is the future hold for Fuzogs? Oh, I like that. The future for Fuzogs. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, I'm definitely gonna release more stuff, probably on uh, Ponies at Dawn, or maybe you know. Eh. I think, you know, we, we've been trying to do Remix War past the 10th one. If they host 11, I'll be doing stuff on that. Um, and yeah, basically music. I'm not going anywhere. Maybe G5, who knows? Yeah, yeah, we will see, we will see. Um, that's going to be it's an exciting time to be a brony uh, at the moment. The movie's out next week. Like, by the time this episode airs, uh, there'll be less than a week until... The new, the new Pony Show. Um, that's exciting. Um, yeah, yeah. So after 10 years, have you ever thought about what you'd be like as a musician and also as a person if... Uh, where, it, it, where you'd be if it wasn't for Pony? Uh, I, I mean, I think... I probably would have been accepted into my first choice college. <laughs> 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 Was it a bit... other than that i don't think much would change yeah so you, so you still think you would have gone the music the music route and and the games route um without having been involved in the fandom i think my life wouldn't have been as amazing or you know as colorful <laughs> if i haven't done all this so i don't regret it at all yeah, fucking awesome. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Um, that's basically it. Oh, no, final question, final question. Um, the question that I'm trying to ask all of the guests on this show um, is, do you have anyone that you'd like to hear interviewed? Um, because, I mean, I have, I have my list of people that I'm, that I'm trying to get on, but obviously it's personally biased. And I'd love to hear um, who you think would, you'd have a good, would have a good story to tell about their time in Pony and in the Pony music community. Oh man. Hmm. Uh, I would recommend Jackalap, but I can't even flag him down. I don't know where he, where he or they are <laughs> at this point in time. Did you get a uh, Odyssey Eurobeat yet? No, no. I'm working on. I'm working on Odyssey. I'm working on Tombstone. Um, I'm 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 working on some of those bigger names. Um. But yeah, that's that's definitely on the list. Um, no, I don't think any series would be complete without her if we're chatting Brony music. Um, yeah. Yeah, I recommend her because she was the very, you know, the very first influence I had. You know, the first upload was a remix of her song, and she was the one that you know put put the very first Brony song on the map. Yep. I'm sure. Yeah. Good oh well I will well she's already on the list but I will put that down as a get onto it all right well thank you so much for your time Fuzogs um where can people find you um she'll she'll your everything please um we want to show you some love to 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 say thank you for taking some time out of your day absolutely well I mean just go on YouTube search Fuzogs 
you can also find me on Ponies at Dawn. Several of their like more recent albums should have one of my songs or collaborations on there. And uh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. Well, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to appear on Brony Music History. Um, we'll be airing this in a couple of days. Um, and to everyone else, thank you for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, it it's, so, it's so fun just to talk about, about Pony Music and have people listen, and hopefully it's been a bit of a nostalgia trip for some of you. If you like the podcast, um, you can subscribe to my channel on YouTube, where I also do weekly DJ sets um, of Pony Music and otherwise. And also subscribe to the podcast in audio format on all your favorite podcast platforms and Spotify. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Bro hoof and peace the fuck out. Yeah.